Welcome back, everybody. It's your time to add up on the Ed Up Experience podcast, where we make education your business. This is Elvin Freitas, co-founder of the Ed Up Experience, and I am podcasting live from the World Innovation uh, uh, Summit for Education, WISE 2023 in Doha, Qatar. And I have someone with me uh, now that I think I can pronounce his name correctly, so I'm going to try to do it. <laughs> um, his name is David Timmis. Yes, I got it. Very good. Nice. And he is Global Communications and Public Affairs Manager at Generation. How are you doing? All good. It's been a busy past two days for both yeah. of us, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> it has been pretty busy. Uh, okay, so tell us all about Generation. Okay, where should I start? So Generation is, the way I pitch it in Brussels, Belgium, where I'm based, Yeah. Okay. is you know the way I pitch it because most people haven't heard of Generation. No, no. What I usually ask people is, well, you know what's the biggest employment profit that you've probably never heard of? Well, it's Generation. We're in the really? business of changing people's lives. We, we work with vulnerable people in 18 countries across five continents wow. to reskill them and prepare them for jobs that will allow them to have a sustainable income. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So how do you find these people? So the people we target, to even sort of be more specific, it's individuals from the ages of 18 to 60 plus that are coming from a vulnerable background. What does that mean? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. That means that 90% of them are unemployed when they come to us and not just unemployed for like a week, but like for six months or more, so long-term unemployed. Oh, wow. Around 60% have only high school education or less. Yeah. And very importantly, around 40 to 45% have dependents, have mouths to feed. Wow. So they they reach out to us or we reach out to them in different ways. So we use obviously social media, word yeah. of mouth. We work a lot with workforce development agencies in different countries we're present in that are swamped with requests from people that need reskilling or employment support and they yeah. funnel them to us so we can help them sure, instead. Sure. And we collaborate a lot with NGOs, companies to, to yeah. really together reskill vulnerable people that otherwise society has left behind for different reasons. Gotcha. So how do you do that exactly? Walk us through the whole process. Yeah, so the, the first step, which is, because this is a, actually a very, very good question, because we're an employment nonprofit, even though some of the keywords I said so far are skilling and skills and so on. We're <laughs> yeah. an employment nonprofit. We're not in the business of doing reskilling for reskilling sake, which is nice for you and I. Sure, of course. But for many people in the world who don't have, again, in some cases, food to put on the table, it's like, no, no, yeah. reskilling, I cannot have time or, or yeah. definitely funding for that. Yeah. So what we do is we first discuss with employers and ask them, what jobs are hard to fill in your company? Oh, okay. Show us what, what an, an ideal yeah. employee in this role does. Yeah. Then we go back and together in some cases, even with the employer themselves, we design the curriculum focused to prepare in three months in a bootcamp format. Oh, I like that. A person for nice. exactly that kind of a jobs, be it a cloud yeah. engineer role or a solar panel installer, because we do both tech jobs, green jobs, and as well, healthcare, customer service yeah. and sales, and even skilled trades, so more hands-on jobs. Yeah. Oh, okay, great. So that's the key step. We have six more, but I'm happy to leave no, them. No, no, keep going, go, keep going. Okay. I like it. Yeah, yeah, I like this. This is great. Yeah. <laughs> the first step is the, the speaking with employers, designing the curriculum, then reaching out to learners, as I said, ourselves, that we recruit and interview. And because it's a free program that... Oh, it's usually, free? It's free. It's totally Whoa, free. We even that's give, cool. We even give people stipends for transport, childcare, and food. Because no again, way. the category of that's individuals awesome. we work with we, we just don't want to give them any excuse to drop out or not to choose the program. <laughs> I like that. That's a good call. It's fully yeah. fun that you just have to come no and excuses. we even give you a job. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, we, we, when we, so we have to interview them to really select people who have the highest chances of graduating because it is fairly intense. Yeah. We look for something that is actually quite funny. I think our CEO coined the term, it's fire in the belly. Fire in the belly. Yeah. So we look for people who really have the motivation to really get 
out of the situation they're in. Yeah. And and we are there to land the hand. Okay. Really help them get the foot in the door with, with the companies we work with. Yeah. Then after we interview them, we go for the three months program in which very importantly, we don't just teach them to code or to install solar panels. Uh-huh. We also equip them with behavioral and mindset skills. Oh, I like that. So yeah. basically, because we live in a very flexible or volatile, some would say, uh, economy and labor yeah. market, uh-huh. we don't want them to come back to us in two years saying, oh, generation, I need another job because I just lost the one I just or I didn't like it for some that reason. Makes sense. We want them to be independent and for yeah. them to chart their own career paths gotcha. afterwards. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So that's another key element and to jump a bit through the steps another probably so we find them the job yep. and usually 85 percent of people graduate this is a global average yeah 75 percent find the job within three months nice. that number jumps to 90 percent six months later after yeah. graduation yeah and even more importantly because we do alumni surveys six years later 70 percent of our graduates are still in the job the same or in, job or in the same industry at oh least. same industry okay, okay so we prepared them for something that is sustainable yeah and why is this probably one of the secrets we have is that whilst in the training, we equip them with soft skills, as I said, and the hard skills. Yeah. And very importantly, this is an element that many other nonprofits and organizations forget. When you reskill somebody, you prepare them for a completely new industry. Yeah. So what we do is we find them the job, we get them, you know, through the interview, and then we mentor them because it's a career ah, transition. You know, they yeah. used to maybe have a job in a factory or on a yeah. supermarket floor. Yeah. And now we prepare them to be cloud engineers. You cannot just, <laughs> good luck. Yeah. You, know, you cannot do that. You really have Big to jump. handheld yeah. people in yeah. the job. And the key here is we don't do it ourselves as generation staff. We actually uh-huh. employ, quote unquote, their volunteers, generation graduates that have been placed in the That's same industry cool. who, who know the, the stories in some yeah. cases of, of the people who just graduated, let's say, yesterday. Yeah. And they can, for up to a year, help mentor the person who's now joining maybe a different company but the same industry yeah. and has been through the same process yeah so it's like a circle yeah. it's a, <laughs> the full circle is and that's yeah. for us the biggest success story is when a generation graduate doesn't just mentor somebody and we have success stories like this yeah a generation graduate hiring oh, 20 people that's because even better. they were hired entry level that's they're now a manager better. and they're like i need generation graduates let's wow. hire 20. and this happened yeah. in kenya and pakistan and all sorts of countries we, we operate in that's cool so boot camp style how many students you taking in how often are these happening this How's is a great question but one that i cannot personally answer because <laughs> in every country we operate in the model is a bit different so okay oh okay it also depends on the what we teach them because in solar panel jobs or more hands-on jobs, the program is done mostly offline. Ah. Whilst teaching people cloud engineering skills, we have quite a lot of online yeah. component to those programs, yeah. which means more people can join the program. Yeah. So it really varies depending on the country and the way we run our operations there. And at the end of the day, the industry will prepare people for. Because ah. for some, you really need a, maybe a 10 people or 15 people in a solar panel class since yeah. you need personal yeah. private attention for everybody was... In a more tech-related role, it's maybe a bit more, more uh, you know, a bigger class would do much better. I see. So it's it's a, a combination of in-person classes, hybrid. hybrid. It's hybrid. hybrid. Yeah, online. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Oh, that's super interesting. So how long have you been around? So Generation has been around for around eight years. Oh, okay. Great. The reason we're still, as I started the conversation, a bit unknown is because we were actually the first ever McKinsey social initiative. So actually Generation oh. was a... A pilot project launched by our CEO, who's actually also the founding partner within McKinsey, or used to be when she oh. worked for McKinsey, who founded the education practice. Yeah, She was intrigued by this question of how can we bridge the education to employment gap? Yeah. So she leveraged the fact that she was at this organization that enabled her to pilot the project like this, to do research on it. Yeah. Then she saw when we piloted in, I think, initially Kenya, Spain, India, and the US, that this works and the same seven-step yeah. methodology can work globally. Yeah. 
then she said, let's spin off, let's call it Generation, and let's you know attract now funding and partners from public private sector organizations from around the world. Wow. McKinsey being still one of them, along yeah. the a long list of many others. Wow. Now, have you been with the Generation since the beginning? No, I wish. No. I, mean, <laughs> yeah, I know them since the beginning because I yeah. used to work at Google. And oh, funny okay. enough, in yeah. Spain, Google used to be a partner. Uh -huh. And I managed in Romania, my home country, because I'm originally from Romania, I managed yeah. Grow with Google, which is Google, yeah, Google's global initiative. Yep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, as they call it in Spain, Google Activate, the mm -hmm. equivalent, was yeah. working with Generation in Spain as a the curriculum partner for digital marketing. Oh, so I, as, cool. as a Googler, I found out this cool organization, yeah. which is at the time was still part of McKinsey, the school project is doing great work. I would love to work there, maybe as a personal anecdote, yeah. which is a funny one. Since <laughs> 2015, I managed, I, I messaged my current manager yeah. every year, at least once or twice, asking, is there a chance to volunteer for Generation? Is there a chance to yeah. work for Generation? Yeah. And in October 2020, when I got yes, I closed the message because I thought it was just another no. <laughs> it was actually yes. So, yeah, so yeah. I work, to go back to your question, I work for Generation for close to three years now. Oh, okay. Got it, got it. So I'm curious, before you got started to work with Generation, right? I'm sure you had some ideas of what it was like. You knew about it, things like that. Um, what were some of the learnings once you started working for Generation? You were like, oh, wow. I thought it was going to be this way, but it's actually this way. Um, and, and then was there like a time where you learned something? Like, oh, I, I need to pivot. I need to do something different. Um, any, any kind of examples like that? Many insights. I'm just trying <laughs> to think which would be the most, yeah. most relevant and also that come to mind now. So yeah. one would be that, we, I think, are leading in, in many ways in, in some areas as an organization. And one is actually online learning. So I ah. come from a, a background which I, I, I'm self-motivated. I like to learn. But even in my case, I always find it difficult to finish online courses. Yes, that's... Uh, and statistically, hard. most totally. people don't. Most I think only 20% yep. in the best cases, they finish whatever mm -hmm. cert free certificate or paid one they, they register for. Yeah. Also, generation, during the pandemic, I had this incredible aha moment that we, we were actually much more offline even for tech roles before the pandemic. And then out of a sudden, like many other organizations, we, yeah. we had to transform overnight to become for at least a year and a half fully online. Yeah. And I saw my incredible colleagues in the online learning team, Kelly Cassaro, Matt Constantine, the leaders in our team doing great work on learning, how they actually managed to do this transition in the nick of time. And in terms of graduation rates, which was, I told you, like around yeah. now the average is 85%. I think that only dropped to two or three percent less so like 82 to 83 yeah even though we moved everything to online so i realized that we actually have figured something out to do online learning right and we actually never went back to fully offline oh uh, now we do as i said hybrid hybrid yeah and some programs even mostly online yeah. because we figured out how to do it the key sauce and i already mentioned it is mentors having mentors ah. closely involved in the program supporting yeah, right. our learners throughout even if it's just online as i said and and that's one of the ways we do it and there's multiple others uh and one other insight is that our work, and I think I kind of knew this probably from before, even from my work at Google, that you need multi-stakeholder partnerships to be successful in yes. reskilling large 100%. numbers of people. Yes. We started as an NGO working with other NGOs in the private sector, and we soon came to realize that we need governments. Yeah. We need their incredible infrastructures that they're not fully leveraging to really change more lives than we currently do. Yeah. And then that's why now in, in India, in the UK, in Singapore, we work hand in hand with the government to help them make their work even better and more more efficient and, and at the end of the day to impact more people than they have currently. Well, that's incredible learnings. I love that. That's that's great. Thanks for sharing. So we are at WISE, right? And here they're talking about creative fluency, uh, human yeah. flourishing in the age of AI. So my question to you is, sorry, as some guys like moving the table right next to us super loud. <laughs> my question to you is, 
when you think about that, right, the AJI, how does that impact your work and, and what do you do and, and uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so we see AI as an opportunity. So we're actually now piloting, if I'm not mistaken, six internal projects to see how we can use AI on actually three angles. First, to improve our job matching process of how we oh, match yeah. our graduate yeah. companies. Cool. Another one is for micro learning, how we can help our curriculum and design team better design content. Yeah. And the other one is focused on providing a, not just our human mentors that we, as I said, already provide as much as we can to yeah. each person in going through our program, but also having an AI-powered career coach. Yes. The sort of Salman yep. Khan's idea. Yep. I mean, he popularized it of having a, a, a tutor in every, yep. in every classroom yep. or in every home. Yep. We're trying at a much smaller scale to do something like this and we're currently piloting it. Yeah. Uh, and that's on the generation side personally and this is where i come with my outside activities which are actually focused a lot on ai and how ai is impacting both work and education i see the biggest risk we we face now with chat gpt when it comes to education is for chat gpt like tools to do what google has done to more memories but in chat gpt's case to <laughs> our thinking interesting why is that because chat gpt the best way to use it currently is writing yeah. it can write for you pretty good from yeah. poetry to essays yeah if you put this, and it's already been put in the hands of children, mm -hmm. people who are under the age of 18, they get used to it and they see it as an end to a goal, like a means to an end. Sorry, it's, you know, I, mm -hmm. I need to do this homework so I can spend more time with my colleagues or my mm -hmm. friends or family. Yeah. Let's just ask ChatGPT to do it and, yeah. you know, forget yeah. about putting too much time into it. Yeah. Because in some cases, or in most cases, neither the family or the professors are helping them see that that's an exercise, the writing component is an exercise that will help them think better, think yeah. more deeply. Yeah. And what we currently see that, and I see it as a huge risk of ChatGPT replacing our need to, to write, yeah. and that kind of at least cir uh, circum circumvents a bit or need to think deeply about things because mm -hmm. one of the things that happens in writing is you stay with the problem for longer than you would by just speaking about it sure yeah so that's for me personally the biggest risk but at generation as i said we mostly see it as an opportunity to help us improve our current offering gotcha okay great um so tell me about um what's going to happen in the future for generation what do you guys got coming up plans mm -hmm. i know you want to expand but touch upon that a little bit more yeah, speaking of expansion action, for us, of course, our goal is to help even more people globally. We're, we're actually just now close to celebrating our 100,000 graduate nice. since our inception, which Congrats. was around nine years ago. That's amazing, yeah. And very importantly for us, because we're in the employment business, is we are close to reaching also by the end of the year, we will reach it, based on our estimates, 1 billion US dollars in wages earned by our graduates. That's so these awesome. people are making three or four X times the income they had in their previous job yeah. before being yeah. unemployed and, and joining yeah. a generation program. So yeah. these are things we care about to give access to more people to our programs and how we do it we're even actually doing something about it already which is to launch programs that we call generation direct okay for us the biggest cost now to launch a program in let's say uh maybe qatar is qatar foundation is doing quite a good job maybe not qatar let's say in lebanon or or even in palestine now because there's a need yeah. for, for programs mm -hmm. like this mm -hmm. the biggest cost is actually the cost of cap like the, the cost of infrastructure and oh, human yeah. resources yep so we launched Generation Direct, which is a program piloted now in Colombia and Ghana, which hmm. has actually a project manager in some cases based there or based somewhere in the region that manages a team of partners that implements a product or a product or sorry program yeah. without actually having the need for having an office space or actually a big team. We yeah. work with basically third parties that are managed by that generation uh, hired uh, project manager. Yeah. And very importantly, this would also be very helpful for many people living in developing countries, and we're piloting this in, in Ghana and in Colombia, to prepare people for freelance jobs. Mm. Because if you speak about AI, 
AI, it's more of a fad, to be honest. I, I, and I researched this topic. AI skills are not needed for most jobs nowadays. Maybe even less than 10% of jobs have AI skill requirements yeah, in their yeah. you know, job description. Yeah. But there are other skills that maybe are more common or you hear more about like cloud engineering skills mm -hmm. or, or digital marketing that even if they're more common in developed countries, in developing ones, you might teach somebody these skills and they would not have enough opportunity locally. So we launched this program of placing people in developed countries in, in jobs that are freelance jobs in developing oh, ones. Gotcha. And sorry, developed gotcha. ones. So yeah, yeah, yeah. North America, Europe, providing yeah. jobs for countries living in less fortunate regions of the yeah. world in terms of economic opportunity. Yeah, yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, cool. So last question for you. What do you see as the future of education? The sort of <laughs> utopic future or dystopian future? <laughs> Whatever you want to take it. However you want to take it. Your call. So I think... For me, the, the future of education is is kind of going back to what education used to be if you go back to ancient Greece, which was a lot based on Socratic dialogue, which really? is just conversation. You're going about way things. opposite of whatever. <laughs> yeah, because I feel like so much we talk, speak about the latest digital and tech skills, but at the end of the day, what will make every child, man, woman, yeah. older work or older yeah. person successful is human skills. Yeah. In the age of AI, as Jeffrey Sachs said yesterday, what should we focus on? human intelligence no because yeah. ai can do the the you know high level analytical yeah. stuff much better so going back to the roots of having a good dialogue with somebody collaborating yeah. critically thinking and analyzing things yeah. that maybe ChatGPT spits out and it hallucinates yeah, yeah. just being creative yeah. these are things that we can be aided by these new technologies and we can you know do even better but we should focus on teaching kids, yes, the basic digital skills, but still these human values that will be relevant regardless of what new ChatGPT-like technologies comes about. These are the transferable skills that I hope education could, could, you know, could provide to kids around the world. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Very interesting. I appreciate that. Thank you. All right, awesome. Well, um, uh, ladies and gentlemen, you just heard from, let me see, make sure I, I got the name, David Timis. Yes. yes, very good. Yes, global communications and public uh, affairs manager at Generation. Um, thanks for your time. Really appreciate Thank it. Thank you very much. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, with that, ladies and gentlemen, you've just erupted.